Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. Songs in the Key of Christmas Laugh. It's Christmas! Oh my god! you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish. Am I getting carried away? No, 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 no. No, I, I mean, good. it's you Christmas. Go. It's Christmas. Oh, you could have done like a comedy Christmas song. You're listening to Songs in the Key of Laugh. I'm Phil Nichol. And I'm David Timms. And this is our special Christmas edition and also um, the end of this very first series. It is. It's a bonus episode. Bonus episode. Bonus. It's, we, we have, it's going to have Christmas songs. It's going to have a holiday theme. Uh, it's going to have the winner of our competition. Contest. It's a competition. It's a comedy song contest. Oh, I'm it's so gonna, excited. We're gonna it's that. That's going to come up later. We're going to have a Christmas quick fire parody round. We're going to have some silly Christmas uh, themed songs. And we're going to be talking to our uh, extraordinarily funny guest, Mr. Harry Hill. You had a hit album, 2010, Funny Times. Well, hit depends how you define hit. <laughs> Well, it hit thirteen hundred copies. We sold. Whoa! Hey, whoa! <laughs> shut! Get shut the front 13, door. Uh, <laughs> thirteen hundred. Yeah. So yeah, it, did, it, it didn't is on chart. Spotify. It didn't chart. No. I think the thing. Was- <laughs> so many fun Christmas songs. I mean, I've. As novelty songs and comedy songs go, Christmas is the time to put one out. It aren't all Christmas songs like slightly novelty-ish? Uh, no. No. What? Hallelujah. Ha- Hallelujah. Is that a, that's not a Christmas song, isn't it? It came out at Christmas. Was it Christmas number one? Yeah, it's not a Christmas song though. Why? It says that's... Hallelujah. No, it says that's about it's Hallelujah. About... Hallelujah. I thought you meant... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thought you meant hallelujah. the other one. Surely that's the angels singing hallelujah to the birth of Christ. Isn't the isn't that when he rises again? Isn't that... Oh, maybe. I think it, I think it might be. It's the hallelujah chorus. It is the hallelujah chorus. We better check that out. I think, I think it's from the Messiah, which is traditionally sung at Easter. Yeah, but it's still the same. It's... When he rises, the, when he rises... Hallelujah. They might have been singing it when he was born too. They they could have been. As when he came out of his mum. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Christmas was a strange time in my house. Well, not strange, but just because, as you know, I was raised in that kind of devout Christian uh, brethren upbringing. So it was actually a very holy time. And we didn't, the presents and things didn't really play a big part of it. In fact, we don't, I don't really remember having much of a Christmas tree. 
Um, my dad, would, being Scottish and a builder and being a bit frugal, said, yeah, we don't need, but that's a waste of wood. That's a good waste of wood. <laughs> and just, I've got, as a pine, that pine coffee table, that used to be a tree. So we put our presents under a pine coffee table that my dad had made. Well, and at least my, he'd made it. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. And then my, he made everything in the house. And then my mum took a night school ceramics course or something and made one of those like ceramics Christmas trees. You know the ones? Uh, you yeah, I know what you mean. On? Yeah. And we would so that was sitting a doily, and we put our presents under the under the coffee table. And when I when I was only me like that when I <laughs> and when I was eight when I was eight I got my first guitar. Yeah. And, um, and uh, but my brother, who was six years older than me, uh, and a natural musician, took the guitar off me, and at the end of the night, he was going, you know, this, and then hand it back to me. I was like, and I was like, um, uh, uh. I don't want to, I don't want to play this anymore. So it's years, not till years later. It's so annoying when your brothers are better than you at music, isn't it? Luckily, yeah. I've never had that feeling. So it's interesting you mentioned about your Christmas tree yeah. there. Uh, have you ever had cats, Phil? Lack of Christmas tree. Oh, yeah, sorry, your lack of Christmas yeah, tree. Sorry. So, uh, no offence, sorry. I didn't mean, didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Um, don't we cry. We had cats, though. Yes, we had cats. I remember we did later on, I think when my dad started doing a bit better, he, uh, or he did maybe give in to my mummy or to create Canadian tradition and bought a Christmas tree but our cats used to knock the baubles off and absolutely well, we, we've got we've got two cats we've got Gus Gus and Winnie and um, they not only knock the Christmas tree down uh, sorry not only knock all of the decorations off but they also just pull the whole thing down yeah. just um, it's it, it, yeah I'm wondering how many cats are responsible for like Christmas tree fires every year yeah it, there must be is there a Chris, is there a song about it uh I didn't start the fire. Meow, 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 meow. Why is that so silly? So many really funny, well, not funny, odd, strange, lovely Christmas songs that just be, we all know, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Had a very shiny nose Like a light bulb And if you ever saw it Saw it You didn't say it glows It glows I love the other reindeer Reindeer You just love and call him names Like Fred You never let poor Fred <laughs> play Join in any, any reindeer, reindeer. Like so many of those amazing songs But I, I remember when we were started playing the Juice Pigs One of our I don't know if it's actually technically a comedy song But it does fit into it But it's like a It's a, um, a John Denver song goes Please, please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. Don't want to see my mama cry. I don't want to see my mama cry. But a drunken, they're drunken Santa Claus and the juice pigs roll. That's how we just sang it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're full of the festive cheer. We are indeed, yeah. But the juice pigs try to roll. I think um, Greg Neal wrote one that went, there was something like um, Christmas dream. Drunken alibis to you, I can't believe that I dance naked with a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And we actually played that song on. Well, I think maybe I've told this story on the on the the, the show, but um, we did it on an Irish television show. And George Martin, the producer, the Beatles producer, was one of the guests on the show. We were booked to do that show, and I was, we was so excited about meeting him. But I wasn't prepared to for when I walked into the makeup room, and there he was, what leaving, and I was like, uh, 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 it's like this is the George Martin. I put my hand out to shake his hand. He just put his hand on my shoulder and went, "It'll be okay." Aww. I was like, "Yeah, he's touched my arm. He's touched my arm. <laughs> Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas." Anyway, that's my memories. So my favourite mm. thing, Phil, about Christmas, yeah. uh, except for the food, yeah. um, is the uh, the inability for people to remember lyrics to Christmas carols. What do you mean? They're okay, pretty, well, they're pretty I'll, simple. They're, they're not. Do, okay, do you know all of the words to "O Little Town of Bethlehem"? Oh, little town of Bethlehem, you are a little town. <laughs> You're a towny town in little town, and so it's easy to get around. Yeah, you don't know that one, do you? No. Uh, once Why a Royal I... David City. Oh, once a towny David town, towny David David. Oh yeah. Uh, let's Next. Do... Good King. <laughs> Good King Towny Wenceslas Town, Towny Wenceslas Tim Tim. <laughs> All right, there's got to be more yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, Try yeah. and catch me up. The first, <laughs> the first Noel. The first town now, <laughs> town now, oh town. Uh, uh, do you know? Do you know the Coventry Carol? No. Oh my goodness, Phil! It's so sad. What's the Coventry Carol? It's oh, a... it's the bombing of Coventry during the war. No, it's nothing to do with the bombing of Coventry. No, <laughs> no it's. <laughs> But it is it's it is about it is about children just being taken off by Herod yeah. and and slayed. There yeah. you go. And everybody sings it in a loving you know, in a really, really cheerful way. And it was done by Slade? <laughs> I I knew they had a Christmas song, but I didn't know that it was that one. Uh, do you want to say, okay, let's uh all right, in your in your best possible children's voice now, Phil. Away in a manger. Okay. It's a child. They don't know what they're singing. <laughs> it is time to find out who has won our songs in the key of laugh comedy song competition. Well, is it time? Is well, that's the thing. That's is it the time? Thing. Well, we had we had this. And it was a contest. It's a comedy song contest. No, it's a competition. It's Songs like the Tea of Laugh comedy song contest. Competition. Um, and now, we have had so many entries. As we said, and last week we played you, uh, or sorry, the 10th episode of our series, we played you the 10 shortlisted entries. 
Oh my goodness, I'm so excited and I'm sure that you are at home as well. Yeah. And um, we've got, we've actually got three. So James Hingley, who is our producer, and David and I have chosen the three, the winners, the winner and the two runners up of the comedy song contest. Competition. Yeah. And they will be getting their cash prize. <laughs> but you... before we do that, oh. we also had a... We had a Christmas submission. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that first. From a production team called the Pickle Pals. The Pickle Pals. Grandma just ran over Santa's reindeer. Why she sought revenge, I'll never know. She told me she wasn't having problems. But Grandpa said he knew she hit a low. Then she got knocked down the first time She's held a grudge and that's for sure She overdosed on medication And this revenge seemed to be her only cure When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had chopped them into pieces my Aunt Susan nearly had a heart attack Grandma just ran over Santa's reindeer It's all over Dateline NBC They say that Santa was the victim But as for me and Grandpa, we can see Now we're all worried about Grandpa He hasn't taken this real well See him in there staring blankly His expression makes it seem like he's seen hell It's not Christmas in this courthouse All the family's dressed in black We all can't help but to wonder Should we rat her out or have her back? Have her back! Grandma didn't run over Santa's reindeer what I told the jury at the trial I think they saw sweat pour from my forehead And then I was completely immobile The jury's been in there for hours I'm trying hard not to predict Santa's staring at us angry As the jury comes to give us the verdict all my friends and neighbors You better watch out for yourselves Cause now that grandma's running free Better look out Santa Claus and all your elves Grandma just ran over Santa's reindeer Feigning ignorance got her off free You may say there's no such thing as karma but as for old St. Nick, now he believes Sing it, Grandpa! Yes, Lorraine ran over Santa's reindeer Sure it was a real gruesome attack But ever since she started going crazy We started going crazy in the sack oh. <laughs> oh. Lorraine That's uh, Dominic and 
Joe, the Pickle Pals. The Pickle Pals. Yeah, and they actually, they're, you, and they're not in the contest because it came in late, but it's also because it's Christmas, we thought we'd play it. But you can go to Spotify and check out the Pickle Pals. There's a, a discount Christmas album, I think it's called. Oh, lovely. I think it's called Discount Christmas Album. Discount. Sorry. Discount Christmas Album by the Pickle Pals. Check it out. We're gonna get given a song we know and have to change it up And make it so hysterical that you win the cup This game is really easy, just follow all the rules The rules are really simple, you're not allowed to lose It's the Christmas Quickfire Parody Game And this is the festive, it's so festive here It's so festive, you're in your Santa hat (laughs) I'm in my Mrs. Santa your your elf underwear. Oh yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, Ew. yeah. <laughs> Rudolph the red nose reindeer. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it's the Christmas quickfire parody game. And David, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. Uh, the band was called Band Aid, and the song is Feed the World. Take that, put that in your pipe and smoke that's it. That's not fair. Quickfire, <laughs> so quickfire parody. Feed the world. What do you got? Band Aid. Was that uh, is that Bob Geldof? George Michael? It, it's Christmas crime. There's a need to be afraid. With Christmas crime, they'll steal your lights and your lampshades. Oh, in a world of plenty, we attract more robbers yeah lock your doors really carefully at christmas time do you like that steal the (laughs) world that's it steal the world steal at christmas time (laughs) merry christmas everybody Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire parody game. Okay, Phil, um, I'm sure that you can't possibly beat that. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing so well, and then I've hard. done that. It's going to be hard. Yeah, okay. Um, can you please... I mean, this is already ridiculous in itself. It is. Can you... Oh, is it? Do you know what it is, then? No, no, I'm just thinking the whole idea of us doing a festive quick fire parody game is... Could you do uh, the drummer boy? The little drummer boy? Not the big one, the little one. The little little, little, little drummer boy. Yeah. Oh, how are you supposed to? It's just uh, the little drummer boy. Quick fire parody round. Here goes Philip. Okay. Um. Have more food. She told me. Parumpa pum pum. I can't eat much more, Mum. Pa pum pum. I want you to eat some more. Pa pum pum. pum pum pum. Pa pum pum. pum, 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 pum. <laughs> I can't eat more, Mum. Pa pum pum. My dad's asleep and snoring. Pump a pump pump. Look at his tum. Pump a pump pump. Drink some more rum. <laughs> and sit on my thumb. <laughs> a rumpy pump pump. 
Christmas around my house. If you'd like to join in the fun, then please send in your songs for the c- songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition. Uh, contest. It's, it's a songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song contest. It's a competition. It's a contest, really. Okay. Join it. Okay. Songs the Key of Laugh at gmail.com. It's time to announce the winner of the comedy song contest. Contest competition. I, I, I slowed down because I wanted to get it right. It's the comedy. The songs, the key of laugh, comedy song competition contest. That's the one. Uh, uh, we had ten amazing finalists. I mean, there were so many songs that didn't even make it into the finals. Please send in your submissions for next series because there's going to be another contest. Uh, we loved hearing them. We, I mean, we might even put an album out, put them all in the album, and then give, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Um, I, I think I think it's really important to say when we first started this podcast. We really wanted to give a platform for people who, who you know, maybe maybe haven't had a platform to put their songs on yeah. before. So thank you so much for sending them in and please do keep on doing so. Um, this is it. We've come to the moment yes. where we're going to find out who the runners-up and the winner of the competition is. The second runner-up is... Oh my goodness. Drum roll, please. It's... Ed MacArthur, Ed MacArthur, an osteopath. Oh, osteopath. Osteopath. You're an osteopath. I love that song. I love it so much. It's very hummable. And, uh, and it mentions Crouch End as yeah. well, which is a nice little bonus. Um, yeah. Ed MacArthur. Just, Ed MacArthur, well just, done, mate. Just won 50 quid. Just won 50 pounds. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Okay, okay. Drum roll again, please, for our second runner-up. Here we go. It's yeah, like this for, is like doing second, a raffle. Yeah, it was the second runner-up. Now the first runner-up. Oh, yes, yes. Who also gets 50 pounds. Yes. Yes. Here we go. Drum roll. Eddie Hurst. Robot knee. Robot knee. Robot knee. Robot knee. That was one of the first earliest songs we had on. I gotta say, I thought that was gonna take the crown, but it was gazoomed. It was. It was usurped. Absolutely. By by the winner of the Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition for series one goes to Canadians in Space, Only Only Next next door. Door. While you're away, I look after your home It's really no trouble, as I'm only next door I'll put out your bins and I'll jet wash your drive Keep an eye on your green, I'll close your curtains at night My phone's been on flight mode, I've just got your text You've no need to worry, it's fine it's incredibly kind, but you don't have a key And my mother will see things arrive I've had a word with your mother And I told her I'd help It's really no trouble, cause I'm only next door It was hard to convince her, but I now have your key She didn't look well, and so I phoned her GP 
my mother all right do you still have my key there's no need to go into my house it's the least of my worries that my curtains are drawn i'll be booking the next flight out i've tidied your garage i've defrosted your fridge i've oiled your bike chain and i've treated your fence Cut down the trees that were blocking the light Kept an eye on your greenhouse, closed your curtains last night Did you knock at my text? Is my mother alright? I'm struggling to book on a flight I'm increasingly worried Did you get my voicemail? I'm beginning to lose my mind She called out for you So I shaved off my mustache And dressed in your suit I told her I loved her As I sat by her side She thought I was you At the moment she died That's the Canadians of Space and their song Only Next Door. Adam and Lee, congratulations, guys. You won the you won the first, the what's it what do you call the first one? The first the, f- one. the f- well, the first competition. The the inaugural. The inaugural. Oh, sorry, the inaugural Songs in the Key of Love uh, comedy song, song competition. Uh, <laughs> well done, guys. You are the you are the winners of two two hundred pounds. Two hundred pounds. Yeah, you'll have to share it between you. But yeah. um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you so so much. Please keep on sending them in for next year's competition. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
And as promised, our interview section is next. And I loved interviewing this guy. It was very exciting. I, I, I kind of the build up to it was just as exciting as the actual interview itself. With a great story about Simon Cowell. Very good story about Simon Cowell. It is Harry Hill. The guest on today's show guest. is someone you like And if you don't, that's your own fault. But you'll know them soon. Harry Hill. It's Harry Hill. Hey. I can't believe it's Harry Hill. I like that uh, well, jingle. You oh, like the jingle? Thank you very much. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that, was, that, that was David and David uh, Tim's and the Biggish Band. Yeah. yeah and you can hear me in it as well. Yeah, I like the production values. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank thank you. you very much. Congratulations like on your production values. <laughs> I feel like we're off to a good start, to yeah. be honest, Harry. I mean, what, I mean what, what, do we, what do we want to say to you? I mean, you, for, if there's anyone out there in the UK that doesn't know who you are, that's, that'd be a bit nuts. But um, there must be someone. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a person somewhere. So Living we, under some sort of horrendous rock yes, somewhere. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So, Harry Hill, <laughs> I mean, when did I meet you? I met you in back in 19... In 1990, When you were with Corky and the Juice Pigs. That is it, Or was yes. it the Doug Anthony All-Stars? I forget. <laughs> You're teasing. You're teasing. We were better than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. When, we first, when we first went to Australia, people were going, you're like the Doug Anthony All-Stars. We're like, yeah, except oh, our really? clothes don't smell. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. like, our clothes don't smell and we're funny. I've got a video of, um, yeah. I think it's my 30th birthday. Okay. Uh, you remember Yone, of course. I think it was was the connection, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, yes, Matheson, it was. Yeah, who was? Well, did he produce something for you, or I don't know? Well, yes, the same. He took the same you under time. his wing, didn't he? Yes, at the same time, great wings. Um, yeah, he took me but, under the other one. Yeah, and and he had Nick Revel, I believe, under his under his mm. tail feather. Um, we were doing at the BBC. We had a Radio One special. We have two Radio One specials, Court Did You Speaks, and you were doing hair. You were when I was doing uh, Weekending, writing for Weekending. Mm. But I've got this video. It's the it's a, it's um, in some pub in Soho, mm. and uh, you you lot you all lot, you come in at some point and start <laughs> singing and playing the guitar and uh, yeah, it's quite funny. Then we all go back to Yon's place. Oh man, I would love I'd love. And yeah. the video does the video take all the way back to Yon's place? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah walking down the streets. <laughs> it's like ninety whenever it is. 94. Sure. 1994. Yeah. And Cancord, then for people that don't know, Yon, mm. this is Yon, Yon Magnuson, who then Son became... Son of Magnus. Son of Magnus, who was mm. the, mas- the mastermind of Mastermind. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the original your time, mastermind David. host, yeah. It, yeah, the original. But like Doctor um, Who's, he's, our, uh, he's my uh, host of Mastermind. Exactly. And mm. his name was Magnus Magnuson, which I think is mm. a magnificent name. Yeah, <laughs> it's like if my name was Timmy and then Timmy Tims, you'd be Timmy Tims. Yeah. I would yeah. be Timmy Tims. Yeah. Where's he from? Is it Icelandic? Is it? Yeah, is it Icelandic? He's Icelandic. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. And you see, in the seventies, when he when Magnus Magnuson broke, no one had heard of anyone from Iceland more famous than Bjork before Bjork. Yeah, before pre Bjork. I, yeah. I wonder if Bjork looks up to Magnus Magnuson. <laughs> I don't think he was anything in his own country. I think he was just like nothing in his own country. Oh, no, you could not be nothing. Surely people looked to Britain and thought, he's made it. I mean, at that point, you still had to take boats to get there and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and I don't think you could fly there. Six six weeks. It's going to be like that now that Brexit's come coming into full force. Oh, has it come in? Yeah, has it? <laughs> I just need to read. 
You know, I haven't read a paper for so long. No. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that bacon had gone up. What what paper do you read? Are you a Daily Mail? Uh, My wife is my wife. Thank you very much. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I get the. I guess I'll get. We still get uh, the. I get the Times delivered. Do you? I'm the the paper man. The uh, news agent's best. One of his best customers. Okay, let's get Mm. serious. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's. No, I I wanted to ask you about. Has it started yet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is it actually and thanks for joining us that's been harry hill <laughs> um you you had a you had an album okay because with this this podcast songs oh, yeah. in the key of laugh songs in the key of laugh that's why we're here it's about musical comedians and musical com- comedy songs and you had a hit album 2010 funny times well hit depends how you define hit <laughs> Well, it hit thirteen hundred the- copies. We sold. Whoa! Hey, whoa! <laughs> shut! Get shut the front 13, door. <laughs> thirteen hundred. Yeah. So get, it, did, it, it didn't is chart. Spotify. It didn't chart. No. I think the thing was <laughs> it was released by um, Island. Was it Island Records? Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. So, so they had. Big. Yeah, yeah. They had. Uh, I got quite a big advance for it, and they, you know, they have uh, Bob Marley, and they had yeah. uh, me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think they were. You know what? The, you know what? This thing where you, you get where they're all very keen before it yes. comes out, and you get yes. this, you get this money in advance, yes. and, stuff, and then you just don't hear anything from them. <laughs> if something's but a hit, never... I always think you never. You always know uh, if something's a hit. You know, you know if it's, and you also you know by default if it's not a hit. Because if it's a hit, they're phoning you. Have you seen the ratings? Have you heard about how many you've sold? And yeah. but if it's not, they just don't. No one calls you. Yeah, which maybe that's a saving. Maybe that they've learned not to call people, so they so you're not spend not upsetting you. Yeah, yeah, but it, but until you realise that, you're thinking, oh, no one's called me. <laughs> I wonder how it's doing. I wonder how it's doing. <laughs> yeah. And this was this was back in the day. Would you be able to check? I mean, nowadays you could just go online and check numbers. But then then no, no, two thousand and ten. Yeah, there was still a, we had online and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I just didn't want to. I suppose I don't know. I mean, I it's, don't know how I know it was twelve, thirteen hundred copies. No, right. But it was a lot of fun to do. It was me and Steve Brown. Mm. Um, yeah, no, no. Tell us a little bit about Steve Brown because I, oh, I right, do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I. I We'll get to it later. I came mm. to see a little a workshop, a little workshop. That sounds a bit condescending. A workshop no, presentation a mm. of your new of your new good uh, news on that, by the way. Mm. Oh, you have good news. Okay, well, mm. I, I, but I met, I, I, I've known Steve uh, the same way in a roundabout way, uh, and met and saw him there. And I wanted to ask you how you came to meet Steve and how did your how did your relationship? Okay, happen? well, I was uh, I always like to have music in my touring act. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would have, yeah, we, <laughs> I used to have a keyboard player and a drummer, right? So the yeah. first keyboard player I had was Richard Thomas. Oh, right. Yeah. We, we had him on the podcast. You had him on the podcast. So, of course, yeah. he, and then he, he was too busy working for Frank Skinner. Oh, no. We, and we had, to, we had to find a drummer, right? So it was really funny. We, we auditioned a load of drummers. I mean, it was... Did Al, did, Al Murray not, did Al Murray not Al put his was, hand uh, up? Al was busy. Well, that was, that was the original lineup, I guess, was Al Murray on drums. Right, okay. And my little friend Matt, who you may remember. I remember Matt's yeah. sax, saxophonist. Did Matt play saxophone? Uh, yeah, did, 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 did he play? Five foot did, two. No, he didn't yep. play that. No. Oh, okay. He liked to have a drink, but he didn't play the <laughs> saxophone. Um, 
So then, so Al got too successful. Oh. You know, and he was yeah. ploughing his own furrow. So yes. I had to find it. So we, we auditioned uh, drummers. It was really weird. Really difficult to get a drummer. And uh, I thought it would be easy. And we got this, you know, the guy who runs the Bearcat Club, Graham. Yeah, Graham, yeah. He said, oh, I'm a drummer. I'll come along. Right? And he's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He came along. <laughs> It was like a bloke banging two uh, biscuit tins with sleepers, <laughs> railway sleepers. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. No offence, Graham. So he didn't get a job. And then there was this... And there was an American guy, right? A stocky little American guy. Really yeah. tight. Really uh, great. Just fantastic. Yeah. And so he said, yeah, you got the job, right? <laughs> and then he, uh, then he turned up for the first gig and he had a black eye. No. Right? Which is never a good, <laughs> never never a good sign. sign. <laughs> he said, my girlfriend hit me. Okay. So, okay. And then it turned out he didn't have a work permit and he, he was going to be... Very serious, very quickly. Deported. <laughs> so we had to, had to hold well, another audition. Yeah. All right? Okay. And yep. we got this guy, Ozzy. You may have met Ozzy. He's, he plays uh, He plays drums for a lot of the pantos. He's like West End. He really right. s- smart, quick. Yeah, just plays off the dots, you know. Yeah, but he wouldn't do it for the money. So we said, "You got the job." He said, no, "I'm not doing it for that money." Oh he no! He said, uh, "Try this guy, Mark, Mark Ellis." Okay. And he said, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." So it's just like, you know, <laughs> but you've it's got just like the default uh, default guy. But it worked out really well. And Mark is uh, is a brilliant drummer and also just really good company. Yeah, and you know what it's, it's like when you're touring around. You just you need people that you know you, that you get on with. It's not gonna. Yeah. And, I toured um, I toured I toured with a little band uh of two guys that I did my um one of my shows with uh, the nearly gay show and one of them was a hardcore vegan and the other was a hardcore vegetarian and they wouldn't let me they uh, wouldn't it was actually the naked races because I used to get naked we used to get naked at the end right. and 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 it was <laughs> should I maybe not go down this path <laughs> the, but the but the, you could rank the the vegan had the lar- had a larger member he was quite proud of it and then the other guy was sort of mid-sized and there was me with my my carnivorous weenie i guess yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, yeah. notoriously um, uh, small <laughs> i didn't know it was notorious so that's nice to know in showbiz circles <laughs> um but they but they were a lot they were a lot of fun to work with but one of the problems i had with them is of course they wouldn't let me eat meat in the car uh, yeah, which is which is yeah. I think it was the end of the you know made the touring quite difficult for me. So we've got got your drummer now. So where 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 did is it Steve? So then where Richard. So Richard Thomas was the keyboard player then because uh, we all had the same uh, agent Boo Hiss, and um, <laughs> so Richard got busy and then so and the agent had been going on at me about Steve Brown right, mm. but because he'd been recommending him, I thought oh you know he's always I always felt like he was trying to fob me off with other acts that he represented. So in the end, I was kind of desperate, and I said, okay, well, I'll meet him. So I meet Steve in the office, and um, he's, he comes in, he's, he's 10 years older than me, so he's really, and he was, like, really surly, and, like, didn't want to be there. And I was saying, oh, hi, Steve. And I remember saying to him, um, so, you know, we're quite a small little band. Are you okay uh, sort of carrying your own sort of, keyboard into the you know loading you in and out and he goes yeah I'll pull my weight right mm-hmm. really sort of, but I had no choice so I hired him I mean it was like a really sort of difficult 
I thought, okay, well, this guy's trouble. But in fact, we became <laughs> we became really good friends. Mm. You know, you've you've written quite a lot of things together, and you know, so he did all the music for well, he did some of the music for the old Channel Four show. He did all those um, jingles for TV Burtonia TV highlight of the week. That's his voice, mm. you know. Nice. TV bad poetry corner. Um, and so then, and when, and you know, and actually when I first met him, that tour, he he just got uh, Spend, 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 this musical he'd written. He just got it off the ground in the West End. And in fact, I put some money t- into it, which I never got back. Brackets. <laughs> uh, never do that. And um, so, you know, that, his heart is in writing musicals, and he'd written one before. Mm. And Spend, Spend, Spend got on a, got an Evening Standard Best Musical or something of the... And he got a letter, he got a letter, and he's got a framed letter in his studio from Stephen Sondheim saying, Dear Steve, uh, blah, 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 I was in, came and saw your musical. Uh, You may have written the first good British musical. What? From Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Wow. Very high acclaim yeah. indeed. Wow. Yeah, it took me ages to get that to head in notepaper, right? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> shh, don't tell him. No, it was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> so then, when I uh, so then I got you know uh, I had this idea to write the X Factor musical. Yes. With Pat's jumping ahead, but I uh, no no. Good. So of course the first person I phoned up is Steve Brown. Yeah. And uh, and after a long pause, he said. Uh, Let's talk about it. He wasn't making. Um, <laughs> was it your idea to write the X Factor musical? Or yeah, was it yeah. I was uh, because you know I was doing TV Burp and I watched every episode of X Factor, not mm. just every other. Or right. did I ever miss one? I watched every single episode of X Factor for that show. Wow. Okay. And as it was coming to the end, uh, TV Burp, I was thinking, how can I turn this information, <laughs> you know, this useless information, basically, into yes. some kind of um, art? Yes. Or better still, money. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was watching the final, having uh, had a few drinks. <laughs> and I had this brainwave. Right. Mm. I thought, we'll, um, we'll write X Factor musical. And um, yeah. so I got in touch, uh, you know, in a kind of roundabout way, I got in touch with Simon Cowell, got in touch with Steve, and we had this um, bizarre meeting with Simon Cowell <laughs> in his office. And what, right. did Simon, what did Simon Cowell originally think of the idea? Did he think it was... Well, so we turn up, right? So they say, well, you know, the meeting's at 11 o'clock or something. And um, I can't remember the, the way around it. Oh, yeah. So the, the first meeting, I, we, we turned up and and Simon's got this assistant. Well, not assistant. He's the... Um, he's his kind of right-hand man. Everything has to go through Nigel, right? And who's very... A very camp northerner. I first met him. He was the producer of Stars in Their Eyes when I did uh, Morrissey on on Celebrity Stars in Their Eyes. Mm-hmm. Incredibly uh, camp, really funny. Uh, and we turn up, and he says, um, "Simon's running a bit late. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's going to be a while. Okay, just wait here. You know, they give some magazine story. And then, then ten minutes later, he says, "Simon's in the car, and uh, he's left his house." Right. So then 20 minutes later, Simon's on the West Way. Uh, it's going to be a little while. Simon's turning into the road. Simon's in the building. And then basically, here's Simon. And the door opens and there's Simon, you know, in this kind of pool of um, tobacco smoke. 
<laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I just sort of punted the, these sort of various ideas of what it would be and, you know, celebrate. As, you know, what we used to do on TV would say it's a celebration. When we were taking the piss out of something, we would say <laughs> it's a celebration. Yeah. So, um, so he said, yeah, fine, go ahead and do it. And then we, then the second meeting was a kind of, I wrote this um, synopsis, which is, did you ever see it? The music? Uh, no, I never saw no, that. No, no. Well, you're not alone, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> I really want to see it, but I, I just, I yeah. Well, the, I the, the, the broad outline was it was about a girl who lived in a in a caravan okay. under a flyover in basically an ITV black spot. So she had never heard of the X Factor, and she okay. lived with her grandfather, who was on an iron lung. Okay, and the and a plumber comes round to fix the shower, and and tells this uh, grandfather, she's out, tells the grandfather about the X Factor. He thinks this is their way out of the um, ghetto. Yeah. But unfortunately, and, she, and he gives he gives this guy his, because uh, he's, he's going to enter the X Factor. He gives him his forms, but unfortunately, as he plugs his power tools in, he inadvertently unplugs the iron lung and the, um, the old guy dies, clutching the, the forms <laughs> to the X Factor, right? It's a long, complicated story, but it involves a, a hunchback... Uh, and and at the end the end Simon uh, reveals himself as an alien and says and says that uh, he says I was sent down because my planet has run out of money (laughs) and then disappears so I'm going through all this right and I had these I had these storyboards drawn up because I'd heard that he had a very short attention span. So I'm holding it and I said, this happens, okay? And then this happens. And he is laughing. I can't tell you, Phil. He no, is laughing really? his head off. Wow. He's, I mean, he's literally, he's slapping his, I mean, it, I was kind of looking at Steve, like, this is nuts, you know, <laughs> this is too much. And then Steve wrote this song and they said to us, we've banned two words uh, backstage at uh, X Factor. Right? We, we no longer allow the words journey, as in, you know, this has been a fantastic journey for me. And, you know, mm-hmm. and the other one was dream. So you're not allowed to say, I've been dreaming about it all my life. This is my dream, right? Okay. So Steve wrote this song called I'm Dreaming of a Journey on My Journey to a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I get to the end of the, the plot, right? It's just the broad outline. And then Steve puts the CD player into Simon's oh, no. CD player and starts playing this song. And he's loving it, right? Simon is oh, okay. singing along. And he yeah. says, that's great, Steve. He said, but it could do with a couple of key changes, right? And Steve oh. goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And suddenly the whole thing froze. No. And Simon goes, yeah, 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 it could do with a key change. And Simon says, no, nah, uh, Steve says, no, nah, I don't think so. Because, you know, what we're doing here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, right? Okay, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and I said, well, we can deal with that when we get, you know, sort of smoothing things over. Well, you know, sure, this sure. isn't the finished thing, Simon, you know, it's all work in progress. Sure. Anyway, so he said yes to the project. Next day, mm-hmm. I get a phone call from oh. Nigel saying, oh. uh, <laughs> how important is Steve? <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know, he writes the music, so yeah." It was sort of... So we came to an arrangement, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite funny. That, that he said to, he said he said, you know, um, he can't argue with Simon. And I said, "Well, he wasn't really arguing." I said that he said that's the closest he's come to an argument for ten years. Oh, you know, really? 
And that was the, and that was very much the experience. It was I mean, I really liked Salmon. I think he's you know he was actually a very sort of interesting bloke. But but there was this kind of thing. It's the kind of court of Simon, and you yeah you know it was very much uh, we were um, the kind of uh, jesters, and they you know you yeah. couldn't really say no to him. And the only the other sticky bit was like two weeks before it. <laughs> Before opening nights, we moved, we moved into the Palladium. Did the, we were halfway through previews, yeah. and Simon came along with his girlfriend, and uh, then I got an email the next day saying, um, "I feel like my the character of Simon is made to look rather ridiculous." <laughs> He's an alien from another. And I thought, "Oh, <laughs> you know," but we just ignored it, and it was fine. But. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's how. So yeah, so me and Steve, we we worked together for a long time, mm. and that was the most fun we'd, we'd ever personally. For the most fun I ever had was was doing that musical, even though it, you know it did only last six weeks. But I heard that it was. I genuinely heard that it was great. And yeah, that it was it pretty. Did, good. I thought it just was didn't. Good. Yeah, it didn't quite capture it was whatever it is. But the way people that go and see musical and West End yeah. musicals, that wasn't the audience for it. Well, you know what so, it was, Phil. It was the perfect storm. People who who like the X Factor don't go to musicals, and people who like musicals don't go to the X Factor. You know, it's uh, the the intersection yeah. is tiny. But the main thing was really that we we just took we took the Palladium on, which was like nuts. That's amazing. I mean, not me huge. personally. It was the whole kind of. Um, it's difficult to think back. You know, in 2012, when X Factor was just like the biggest thing, it was on the, mm. in the papers every day. Everyone was talking mm. about. You know, it's like One Direction, Little Mix. It was that time. Yeah. And actually, you and I know that you can you have this idea, and then it sort of takes two years to to uh, come to fruition, doesn't it? Because you need yeah. to get you need to write the thing and then get the the big sort of stalling thing is getting the theatre. And um, by the time we opened, it was just slightly on the decline, I think. Wasn't that also one of the first shows that had attempted opening as a new show at the Palladium? Because it's yes, what, the only it's one. Two, 2,600 seats or yeah, something, the Palladium. 2,400, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no one had ever opened a show no. at the Palladium, it turns out. I mean, did, you you weren't funding it personally, were you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, no, not at all. No, I mean, I didn't really make any money. I made some money, but um, you know, I thought I'd be rich. I thought I yeah. thought that well. this would be the thing because at that time, X Factor was in eighty four different countries, and I thought we'd be able to, you know, uh, Shanghai. We'd have one going in, you know, uh, in, uh, Lagos. Uh, New York, you know, Hong Kong. Yeah. It'll be everywhere, and I'll be get. It'll just be the the letterbox will just be constantly ringing with yes. the checks coming through. Yeah, we'll have to get two letterboxes. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it wasn't to be. No. Yeah, I had the same thing with my uh, two girls, one cup musical. I just thought that's going to be. That's going to be that? nasty. What was that? I don't know about <laughs> yeah, that. Do you know Two Girls, One Cup? Is no. Oh, no. No, no and you don't want to. <laughs> it's a horrible internet thing where two You're not going to describe this to... No. Two women poo into a cup. <laughs> oh right. Okay. It, that's not that's not mm. i mean it's it, it's it was became a huge it was massive online because people what became more famous was people's reaction to watching the video 
right. became became the sensation. So you wouldn't didn't actually watch the video. I've never seen the I've never seen the actual video myself. Mm. I've only seen mm. the people's reactions, and it's just it was just right. a huge internet sensation. Maybe so you not. Say. And, and you were going <laughs> to make was. this and you were going to make this into a musical. Yes, I thought yeah. you could have a character. You could have the bum coming through the the, the actual poo coming through the cup. Plat don't hurt me. Then the two girls. I mean, it was wasn't going to be big scale. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have a question um, about uh, about uh, putting ideas to Simon Cowell. Mm. Um, I I've recently been writing um, writing music with Mike Chapman, um, who he wrote um, Chinny uh, Chap. Yeah, Chinny Chap. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so I write with Mike. Mm. Simply the best. Okay. Simply the best. And um, and lonely this Christmas and lo- lots of amazing. Yeah, yeah, tunes. yeah. Great seventies uh, bubblegum pop, basically. Wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Blondie. So, mm. And Blondie, yes. Um, so I, I, I write with him, but any time that I put anything to him, I, I, I slightly like dissolve as a human being as I as I give it to him. Mm. Going, is he going to like it? Well, how, how was it putting an idea in front of Simon Cowell? Uh, well, for me, you see, it was. Uh, I just found the whole thing really amusing. Just the fact that we were in there pitching the idea. You know, you know, you meet. I mean, obviously, he's. Very famous, uh, but I didn't have any. I wasn't intimidated by him because I didn't really have any respect for him. <laughs> that sounds harsh, but it wasn't something that I thought, "Oh wow, that's an amazing thing you've done." You know, I mean, uh, you know, when if you meet your heroes, you, you're kind of like jelly, and perhaps for you, it's a similar thing with uh, Mike. But I you mean, had to bring you had to bring him in. And you had to sort of convince him in order to get to be able to use the whole oh, yeah, the, yeah, the name yeah. and everything. So, yeah, yeah. Was so it. was you weren't were you were you trying to pull the wool over his eyes? Was it was it a bit? No, of I a, genuinely a, thought we could do a really good job, and I and right. I did, and I do think we did a, a good job. You know, particularly Steve. The, the songs for it were great, mm. and um, but it was just uh, just one of those. I mean, you know, I'd never, you know, and I, it's not like I ever had any ambition to write a musical really it was just like just all i can say is you know i'd had a few drinks in front of um, the (laughs) final and there we were uh i don't know a year later and it's opening at the palladium (laughs) you know and they're all there terry wogan's there and you know amanda holden (laughs) sinita and I mean, it was just nuts. It was nuts because uh, that it all comes with that big circus, you know, the, the Simon Cowell circus. Did, did you did you like did you like musicals before you wrote one? No, no, no. I, don't like, I don't like them. I don't like I musicals. Don't like this is the thing. I then had to say, think. I better watch a few musicals. I mean, I like you know the the, the musicals I liked were. I mean, I like Oliver because you know I was in that as a kid, and I like Joseph and. But I mean, like you know, like most of the musicals that I went to see, they were all too long. They were like half an hour, at least half an hour, too long. Right. And they were sort of soppy. And I, you know, I've got this real beef about the way people sing in musicals. That kind of, um, and the best example I've got is Let It Go. <laughs> yeah. That kind of weird way. No one really sings like that. It's a. It's a real kind of, um, I don't know why musical theatre, people in musical theatre sing differently. I mean, not all, not all of them, but a lot of them. They just kind of, it's a weird sound. It's not like, it's kind of devoid of any personality. 
It's trained, very trained. It's highly trained. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. go to it. I've been in a few musicals, as you know. Yeah, um, a lot of the a lot of the the young people in it are you know like go to Italia Conti. I'd never heard of Italia Conti. It's where yeah, they yeah. go, and they're very strict with their their discipline of being able to sing. But I think it's part. It's not quite opera. You yeah, know? Well, I mean, opera's it's a different it's, thing. It's yeah. good. They're two two completely and utterly. Do you different like Do you things. like opera though? Well, I mean, I never go. I mean, I've been to a couple of them, and I, yeah. I like them. Mm. But uh, has the X Factor musical been remounted by anyone? No, we were really going to do it. I I then spent when it got cancelled. I spent ages going around meeting all these West End types, you know, begging them to put it on uh, on because I think actually it would have done well on a tour. It might well have done. What we should have done should have started what everyone does. Yeah. You know, I don't know why we didn't. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, we should have started it in Manchester or something and toured right. it around. You know, I think it yeah. probably would have done all right. But um, uh, so we I couldn't get anyone to because it, we lost not me personally, but it lost a huge amount of money. Yes, I remember that millions and millions of quid. So um, and that you know we both know that's what success is about. Really, you know, we can kid ourselves it's about awards and reviews, but really. It's only when you start making money for people that they are suddenly interested in your next project. <laughs> sure. You know, in in truth. And um, so they weren't interested in... in uh, and then we, we 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 were approached out of the blue by this uh, promoter just before the lockdown. Uh, well, maybe a year before the lockdown. It's all due to happen. And then, of course, the lockdown thing. All right. And, and now somehow I've kind of lost interest in it. I kind of think... I had a, comp- you know, actually what happened was, at least, I'm not sure I should even tell this. The Go promoter on. contacted me, right, and said, you know, we loved it and, you know, we think it could do well on a little tour. So I said, oh, great, you know, this is great news. Uh, I'd better just call um, Simon Cow's people to see where they are with it because, you know, they don't like failure. I mean, I never heard from him again after it closed. I never heard anything, oh, right, God. was cut off like the, you know, black sheep of the family. Anyway, so I got in touch with Nigel, and I said, oh, um, I said, just wondering how, you know, how it is with uh, the musical, if we were going to tour it again. And he loved it, right? Nigel loved it. He was a really big supporter of it. He basically, I think, talked Simon into it. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, he said, you know, Simon's in a really good mood about it. He said he loves the, he loved the musical. And, in fact, the other night we were singing the songs from it. Right, which was an, oh, wow. an interesting image. <laughs> he said, "But there is one thing you could do to to get this over the line." I said, "What's that?" And he said, "Is there a part for Sunita?" <laughs> no way! <laughs> and I heard myself saying, "Of course, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, but of course, yeah." So yeah, but then it never happened. Never um, happened. But if the, it does come to fruition, will there be? It won't now. I just I don't think it will. I I, I would I well you know Steve was very we were both very keen on it happening, but I think the best thing is to just start something new. You've you've moved on. So I said earlier in the interview, I you yeah. very kindly uh, invited me to see a small uh, presentation of what had been a workshop with Charlie Baker. Was Charlie in the original musical as well? Was Charlie in the X Factor musical? He was. That's how I, I met Charlie. Was. I didn't yeah, know him right. as a comic. He he played the oh. Hunchback. Oh, yeah, right. Trevor Modo. And, oh, right. Um, <laughs> Trevor Modo. That's how, yeah. that's how I heard about the musical, Is that because I, I was a friend of Charlie, and Charlie said, I'm in this musical at the yeah. Palladium. I was like, that's amazing. He was it's, brilliant in it. 
he was yeah, he's a great he's a great singer he's a yeah, fantastic yeah, performer yeah. and again really nice company good company like yeah. nice, it's easy company so yeah. he's charlie so charlie plays because you know the thing was uh, uh, i don't know about the other thing about uh people in musicals is yeah apart from the singing is when they're when they're supposed to be funny a lot of them you find, I find anyway, I just end up milking it, milking and milking and milking the laughs and just yeah. and slowing the whole thing down and killing it. And the great thing about Charlie and the cast that we put together on the whole yeah. was that we, we chose people with comic timing. And, it's, you know, it's really difficult to, you've got to find people who are funny, you can sing, yeah. dance, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah. So Charlie was great. Yeah, and so... Um, he was our kind of first choice for for playing Tony Blair. Yeah, you've well, you've obviously worked with him, or, or he's been in your show. Yeah, in my TV. So then I got him in the TV show as a hunch mm. as the Hunchback. Yeah. Um, um, when I did this uh, tea time show, Harry's Harry Hill's Tea Time. Yeah. Uh, which also sunk without trace, but was my favourite show to do. Um, is that is that your the cooking? It's the cooking one. Yeah, the Sky. cooking show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I have seen little bits of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, no, it was, (laughs) I I really do, uh, I love that show. And I I can't really understand why. I mean, I made the pilot for ITV, or it should have been an ITV show, but they just didn't like it. I couldn't really understand it. And I do know, I kind of learned that you can't really make them have it. I mean, I could have made them have it, but if they're not really enthusiastic about it, you sort of wasting time so we did it on sky which was they were great to work for but you know no one no one watches it that's the thing yeah well, back I, then I, anyway but that's that's so funny i mean that's a whole other discussion because yeah sure you think that no but think because that would bring I, I just assume that a harry hill project would bring an audience with it but of course that's not always it depends where it is in the schedule depends how they promote it whether they give it enough time there are so many other factors that have nothing to do with the how good the show is and how much you're enjoying it and who and yeah. who's on it. Yeah, so. yeah, and I mean Sky. You know, people who were in at that time anyway, people would just bought it for the sport, right? Yeah. You know, I mean Sky One it was like four episodes of The Simpsons, right? League of Their Own, <laughs> yeah, and bedtime. I mean, it was, that's <laughs> pretty much it. So it's a certain uh, demographic, I think. It's very popular on. Um, the high security wings of prisons. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But so, so to- Tony Blair the musical. To- it's not Tony Blair the musical. It's Tony Blair the rock musical. The rock opera. Is the, the rock, is it opera, rock opera. Tony Blair rock musical. Rock opera. Yeah, it's rock a popper. It's a popper really because it's um, yeah. it's uh, a mix of styles. But yeah, it's but Charlie um, and Charlie plays Tony Blair. Yeah. Um, so, well, look, so, tell us yeah. tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about tell, give, give us a. a so originally a the idea, right? So after X Factor, I was desperate to do another because this is an old idea. I've had this knocking around for five years. Mm. So I um, I was thinking about jukebox musicals and about how crowbar the songs are. Mm. You know, uh, mm. you know. I mean, <laughs> the yeah. best one is um, the best worst one is uh, We Were Rock You, isn't it? Of course. Which oh is yeah. Just, uh, all over yeah. the place. Yeah. And so I thought you could take a really serious subject like uh, Tony Blair's kind of rise and fall and set it to bubblegum pop music, the songs of bubblegum pop, because I'd been given a CD, which was called Vintage Cheese. Okay. 
I've got it here somewhere. Vintage cheese, which is all those songs like, you know, where's your mama gone? You know, chip, chip, cheap, cheap, knock three times. Yeah, I'd like to teach the world to sing. All those kind of actually Mike Chapman songs. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I wrote this thing with the idea that it would be a, a jukebox musical. And I had a little workshop that uh, I think Charlie came to, Simon Lipkin came, and a few others. Oh. Uh, and it became, and Steve played on the piano. Yeah. And it became clear within about 15 minutes that one of those songs by itself is just fan- is fantastic, but right. one after the other is just makes your ears bleed. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it was just awful. <laughs> so it took me, and it took me that long, this long, to get Steve to write original songs for it. I was sort of saying, well, maybe we could write some original songs for it, Steve. And he's saying, oh, well, you know, or he was busy or he was doing something else. Right. But, um, and uh, so he's written original songs for it. And it's, it's a great, and the thing about Tony Blair, it's just a great story. It's kind of Shakespearean in that he starts off as a sort of peace loving hippie. Yeah. You know, he wants to be elite. Uh, he's a front man of a, a sort of uh, knockoff Rolling Stones. And then he, he ends up as this kind of, you know, obviously with the war and everything. You know, he, he, he rides to, um, to become prime minister on this, on a wave of hope. Everyone is so kind of, He's young and he's got a smile and he's a brilliant communicator. And then, of course, you know, the, he gets drunk with power and it's the war in Iraq and everyone just hates him suddenly. So it's a yeah. kind of... Um, and, and now if you bumped into him, you probably wouldn't even ask him for a selfie, would you? No, no probably not. You wouldn't Definitely put that wouldn't. on Instagram because no, you know no, that no. you're going to get hate. By yeah. He doesn't realise, though. I don't know if he realises. He that. must no. realise. No, I don't think he does. Uh, he's either, I don't know if he's fooling himself or... And he's, you know, and the whole thing that he wouldn't apologise, he'd do the same. So that's a, so it's a great story. I like the running joke in it of the Gordon mm. Brown handing over to Gordon Brown, which is yeah, set yeah, up for quite yeah, early yeah, on when, yeah. they're in, when they're in the uni together. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about it was when we were doing that workshop, they were also running that BBC documentary, which you haven't, if you haven't seen it, Blair Brown, um, the story of New Labour on, on BBC One, was, was really great. Uh, and just from and because I didn't do a huge amount of research for this, it was mainly Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, and they they are a really interesting double act because you know Brown is the kind of serious uh, intellectual, but hopeless at communicating, and Blair's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. So is this is this going to go into production? Is that the idea? So it's coming. It? So you know, I mean, it's not been announced, but between you and me. It's happening in uh, All Being Well, you know, Omicron aside. It's uh, May, June. We're going to be putting it on at the uh, Finsbury Park, in, at the Park Theatre. At, at the Park, park Theatre. Fantastic. Yeah, we're going to put it on properly. And, and uh, it's a great theatre for it as well. You know, that, are, we, are, uh, are we able to tell our listeners that as well? Yeah, that? I'm sure you yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Good. Because um, yeah. our listeners tend to be um, our just friends and family oh. who live, who yeah, all sure, live, yeah. who all live including, yeah. including Jez, who uh, runs the park, who lives oh, across the road from my parents. Oh, so right. oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, maybe I should just run it. We can run it past them. But run I think it's fine. Oh, it's sure not going to do okay. what harm could it do? No. <laughs> yeah, the 12 people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, went, it went surprising, that workshop. You know, it was, it was people so reading good. it uh, f- uh, from scripts, but it seemed like we kind of hit a uh, chord with people's interest in that time, actually. Yes. Well, it, yeah. well, oddly, it was... Well, I, I didn't say this. Someone said it to me after, but they said that they felt they were watching the, the next Jerry Springer, the musical. 
which oh, really? brings us back to Richard Thomas, I yeah, guess, yeah. Um, yeah. because it has because it has that kind of scope to it, and it has it's funny, it's filthy, it's cra- it's mad, but mm. it also touches on some very uh, serious and dark topics. Yeah, well, that's and, the thing, and it's treading the it's it, that's what I was worried about was treading the line, you know. So the second half. Uh, you know, walking the line between, you know, good and bad taste and, and how far you can get away with it. Because, you know, the second half, as you know, opens with Osama bin Laden in his cave singing a song called Kill the Infidel. <laughs> yeah. and somehow, somehow, we get, somehow we get away with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. Well, you get, because you've, you've, you've earned it by that point, I think, because it's yeah, maybe, so much yeah. in its. Um, yeah. Yeah. But 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 I did like the I did like the touches where you accuse the audience, yeah. you blame the audience. So you blame well, because we, especially, yeah. especially a theater especially a theater audience sitting in the park theater watching this thing uh, would have all probably been uh, without a doubt uh, people that voted for Tony Blair. Yeah, I absolutely. Did. I, did. I did. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about because um, we didn't want to write that kind of musical where you're just sort of pointing the finger and saying, "Oh, you're a liar, Blair, liar," all yeah, that sure. kind of thing, because it's more subtle than that. Because the fact is, he did win an election after the war in Iraq and after the David Kelly thing. You know, so um, so yeah, you're right. We at the end we are sort of saying, "Well, who's you voted for me?" He says, you know, yeah. so who's the, you know, who's the monster? Is it, is it you or me? And, you know, why, if you didn't like it, why did you, you know, a, a million people went on the march against the war, but, you know, nine million people voted for him in the election. So it's, 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 tr- it's trying to be, and, you know, and, and obviously at the end, we, Steve's written this brilliant song, uh, basically saying that the, the world's run by ourselves, it always has been, and this time it was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of just about saves it, I think, because it, without it being preachy, because I think that's the, always the danger with any kind of um, satire is you end up sort of being a bit sort of finger wagging and, and, and preachy. But yeah. Or you have to, it pulls it away. Yeah. I think well, that's what I liked about it is it does, it does, it, it obviously is teasing the um, liberal sensibilities of the yeah. of the audience so it mm-hmm. doesn't come down on a line it doesn't doesn't say this is how harry hill feels about this but it actually if you deeply you're making fun of the entire thing and yeah. all the characters in are spoof characters the american you know george bush and is it george yeah. bush and, yeah and the, you, you really have a good a good solid and i think also it, it sort of um it sort of makes the point that the but Leaders in the past have done as bad things, if not worse. But mm. the reason we are so disappointed is that we had such high hopes for Tony Blair. That's yeah. the crux of it, I think, mm. is that we, we thought he, he was different. Yeah, that is true. No one's surprised at, uh, at Boris. No. No, exactly. Exactly. No one's surprised at that. Yeah, he's still getting in. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying our conversation, Harry. We on. Uh, I've got. I've got. Before we go on to the, I'm not yeah. enjoying it. Can oh, well, so well, that's Harry. good. Yeah, Cheers. we'll just we'll edit that out. We'll actually <laughs> edit it around. So just take out the not. So, yeah. and that'll um, be our sailing. Yeah, uh, Harry. Over the past uh, over the past week, I have mm. had the amazing pleasure of reading your new book, Fight. Oh right, you've been reading my autobiography, Fight. I have, and it is. It is wonderful. Oh, you like it? Oh, that's good. I, I love it. I absolutely so you've heard love that it. story about... Uh, about, about Simon the, Cowell. Yeah. I, yeah. I have, but I've, yeah. I, I've... In reading it, I've found that it's kind of... Um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You don't know. No, wait a minute. I'm going to find it in a second. Um, it's when you try and tell some. It's lessons, right? I feel like you're giving lessons to people who are just about to take their path towards um, towards show business or towards comedy. And I think I think anybody who is starting on their path to comedy should read it. I think it's brilliant. I think it deals with how how difficult the industry is i Mm. think it deals with um success and with failure and i think it is it has a really clear and strong message to always try new things and i i think you i think you put it you put it across so so well oh thanks well i'm thrilled i mean that is that is sort of what i I mean i set out to write a thing uh I mean, my mum got on the phone the other day and was saying, oh, why do you, you put yourself down in that book so much? But I, I think what is interesting, the interesting stories are the failures. Because yeah. I think, or the things that go wrong, not, they're not like big failures. You know, some of them are just like pilots I made that were kind of weird or odd or just, you know, because I think everyone knows your success, but, you know, the stories from success are, you know, the they just tend to be kind of braggy and, uh, and and less interesting. And I think, you know, it's, it's a, a truth that we, we learn more from things that go wrong. Hmm. And we get better stories from them, you know, for, for sure. Um, I'm glad you, yeah. I'm, I mean, obviously there's some stuff in there about, it's just my kind of opinions on stand-up and how you, you know, you kind of put together an act and stuff. I mean, I don't know if, if everyone would necessarily agree with that, but, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful like thank you I'm tutorial for, for 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 somebody to read. I th- I think it's great. Your your journey, like specifically, is really really interesting. But it does. Um, I, I think it's I think it's there for for anybody who's starting their journey. It's it's really really wonderful. You're not allowed you, to use the word journey, by the way. <laughs> not allowed yeah. to use the word journey, of yeah, course yeah, not. Yeah. No, yeah. no. But you did find your dream. So well, what um, I came to, <laughs> to learn, and this is this is an obvious thing, and you know it barely needs stating. But what I came to learn partly from that experience doing the uh, musical was that that you have to enjoy the process. Because so often, for a long time, I was just chasing the thing. Mm. And that was broadly success or this idea of success or, or whatever it was. So so with TV Burt, which was my big success, you know, which kind of put me on the, uh, on the map and, and got me into Simon's office in the first place, that was a big success. Uh, but I didn't really enjoy a lot of it. I don't have a lot of fond memories from the, the, the mm. 10 years I did it. Because I was just kind of that's done. That's you know I've done this show right. Next one, next one. I was always kind of felt like it was going somewhere. But in fact, of course, sometimes these things do lead to other things. But actually, if you don't enjoy, most of the time they don't. And unless you enjoy the, the process, then you're you know you blink and and that's like your. For me, it was my forties basically. Gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I think I, one of my one of my favorite part. I'm I'm just about to, in February. I'm going to become a dad, All right, um, and I've been yeah. Thank you, but I've been I've been very nervous about how it's going to affect my work. And we we've just started doing our shows at the comedy store. It's not with me. In that case is with you're you. wondering. Oh right, no, sorry, the baby isn't. <laughs> no, but I, I I've taken I've taken what you said about uh what you've said about working and having kids and like your your work life balance. I've I've taken 
all of that on board. I just find it all really interesting. It's a really good book. All of our listeners should go and get it. <laughs> well, the, the thing about, and I had that same worry, this is the point I make in the book, I think that you're getting at, is that I thought, oh, it's going to take my edge off. You know, I, I have to have a baby. It's going to, you know, this this whole thing about, you know, a pram in the hall and spoiling a creativity. But actually I got more done because I was more organised and I, I had to get more done. So I did. So, yeah, it... Uh, what people forget about having kids is that it's a natural thing. It's not an illness. Yeah. It's yeah, normal. I think com- yeah. Comedians, the comedians that I know are just, there's a bit, there's a bit of um, uh, self-centeredness to, necessary. Oh, to definitely. Be, necessary to be. It's Ego, not, a, not yeah. a negative. You have to be able to be thinking about yourself and how your perception of things. And I think when you, uh, having children must make you think that you have to focus on something else. It doesn't necessarily take away from your self-centeredness. <laughs> yeah. I knew a cameraman. He used to drive home and he'd, he'd, he'd park outside his house. He'd look up and if the, he'd wait for the light to turn up in the baby, uh, to, he'd like, wait for the light to turn off in the baby's room before he went in. Oh no! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> wow! But I can identify with that with that kind of uh, feeling, you know. And there's no shame to that. I don't think you know. You, uh, it's not straightforward. It's not easy. You know, the worst people I find are those ones that brag about how much they love being a parent, mm. because it's you know, it's, there's great things about it. And of course, you'd never change it. But there's some really. There's some real drags about it too. Well, thanks for that. You didn't you didn't mention that in the book. Uh. <laughs> I'm sure it's I'm sure it's, it's worth it in the end. Exhausting. What can I tell you? Yeah. Um, well, there's really one last thing to go, and that would be we ha- we've been asking all of our guests if they would give us a little song or give us a little sing us a little something. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're prepared for that with the nose flute. Should I do it with the nose flute? <laughs> okay, let's let's let's, yeah, let's, let's rock it out. Down. Let's let's make so this I happen. can do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, five foot two. You know, five foot two. Five yep. foot two five eyes foot of two. blue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Merry Christmas to you, Harry. Thank you. Thank you. Merry, Merry, you so, Merry, so Merry Christmas. Much, thanks, for, thanks for joining us on Songs in the Key My of pleasure. Laugh. It's Good been an ab- absolute delight. And you. Absolute Have a great Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You need to go that with these, the, Phil. That is the, They're the amazing. Yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. That's great. Thank you, Harry. Goodbye, adios, farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're going to have to go. I'm sure our paths will cross again, but whoever really knows. It's been fun, it's been musical, it's been comical at times. But now we have to leave you, so goodbye. Goodbye. So that is it That's for it. 2021. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you're having a great time. Happy holidays. If you're not uh, celebrating Christmas, that's uh, that's our first series out of the way.
It is. Out of the way. I've enjoyed every minute of it, it's Phil. It's been a lot of fun. And congratulations again to Canadians in Space for winning the comedy song contest. Um, I'd like to thank all of our guests um, and our wonderful, wonderful producer, Mr. James, James Hingley. Hingley. We thank love you, James. so much. We love you, and, James. And also everyone who's just been a regular listener. You're the reason we do it. And we hope that you enjoy it. And we'll be back sometime in mid-February. Mid-February, yeah. Um, please do tell everybody that you know about the podcast. Please. And keep on sending us in those submissions we'll see you next year if you'd like to hear more or see more from harry hill visit him at his twitter account at harry hill and check out his new book fight it's a sensational read wow. please do so um also please do support us on patreon.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh and buy us a coffee at coffee.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh thanks for supporting our podcast i'm phil nickel and i'm david timms and this is songs in the key of laugh see you next year guys thank you bye bye 